0: Hi, quick disclaimer, we had a few technical issues during the recording of this pod chat. The Wi-Fi dropped out, so hopefully it doesn't take away your enjoyment of this episode. <music> off the pitch. Hello and welcome to on and off the pitch. It's a special one. I'm with Lee Birch from Coventry. Lee, how are you?
1: Not bad, about yourself.
0: Yeah, I I am not too bad. I gave you the big build up there, but it's it's <laughs> it's been a it's been a, a long old season and we get to this point of the year where you kind of got to start thinking about how things have been and the reason why I wanted to talk to you the journey that you've been on with Coventry has been it's been a bit of a tough one, um, you know, for you and the players. But I just want to get from you a sense of how things were when you went in at the beginning of the season and what what, what were the expectations?
1: Yeah, I think it was um, it was kind of the expectations were were quite clear. We we obviously and same as everybody else, I'd seen from afar last season what the club had, had managed to do, mm. um, which was which was sort of that fairy tale 97th minute winner unfortunately as good as that was it what it didn't do was lay any foundations at all for the club or or really um yeah help the club going forward because unfortunately there was things that had to the foundations off the pitch really needed to change Mm. uh, which meant that that impacted on the pitch and I think when I arrived there was five players two pre-season games in a month to get a, a squad together and that was probably the the real nuts and bolts of it and the, the honesty around what we were going into. And I, I obviously I was uh, approached quite late, the same as the general manager Jack was as well. Uh, we sat down with the owner and I really liked what the owner had to say, to be honest. I, I knew it was uh, going to be a real, you know, tough season. I went in it with my eyes really open and obviously mm. i had a couple of tough situations at Yeovil and things like that. So I knew, I knew the situation, but I felt I had, the skill sets to come in and, and really try to help and yeah I mean ultimately the the late start meant we were chasing our tails for a long period um, mm. we obviously got some got some good players in that sort of begged still and borrowed and we, we, we managed to get a, a squad together uh, real late in the day and, and, a, and a good group of players that were honest and hard working and um, Ultimately, there was reasons why some of them were available it was because they weren't sort of picked up by other championship clubs, um, and they and they wanted the opportunity. We picked up a few gems as well that we were really lucky with, um, and it was a case of trying to get to get to January and then have an influx into the to the side, then. But for, for me, at the beginning of the season, it was going in eyes wide open. It was a really good staff there. The staff, the head of medical, the goalkeeper coach, I uh, brung Sean across. With me, or the work with the London Bees before, um, but the existing staff were were superb, and we tried to take some of the bits that they took from last season into this. But I say, ultimately, there was just no foundations, foundations laid, and there was a lot of everything needed to start again, um, and it was just just too late in the day, really, for for that first half of the year.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that there were no foundations, considering when we kind of think, think back to time we were releasing you know the play in terms of the news of the players that they quite speed of information to to the fan base as to how that would be you know the plans that they had in in terms of what they're you know foundation is that kind of an, an indication that what they tried to do initially was it was just a bit too far for them in terms of what they had as a, as a club.
1: Yeah, well, I think obviously last season there was different owners to what there is now. So obviously yeah. it was well publicised, wasn't it? that the, They tried to push the club forward and then the Lewis come in and, and, and save the club and kept the club going till the end of the year. And he obviously had to make some tough decisions and some some decisions to lay those foundations off the pitch, which he started to do. But ultimately, that meant the, the full-time model went and we moved to the hybrid model. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it just, those decisions had to be made. They were obviously tough ones on on the players that were there and it and it, and it did cause problems as far as, you know, there was players that were full-time professionals that potentially would have stayed, but ended up moving to try to keep those roles. And um, yeah, but that, I, I only think, speaking with the owner that those decisions had to be made for the for the longevity and for the survival of the football club. Um so yeah he he had to make those tough decisions. He did. Um, and then we were trying to to give it a go this season to to stay in the division to then build on that. But unfortunately we've we've fallen short.
0: Yeah. And you say you know in terms of the, the players that you recruited or you were able to get in, you said you know you were able to pick up a couple of gems. Are you able to to name those gems?
1: Well, yeah, I think like <clears throat> certainly I think about those ones that started the season with us. So Ebony Wiseman was was one. Uh, Ebony come to us; um, she'd been at a few clubs, come back from America, and um, she's been arguably our best player probably all season, to be honest. Um, and her injury to us away at Durham was huge. You know, Ebony's a really, really good footballer. Uh, we're really lucky of her. Hopefully, she's gone under the radar a little bit, and maybe me talking about her probably doesn't help <laughs> going forward, but. You know she she's she's been excellent, Ebony, and that and that was that was good to see. And I think we managed to get Jodie Bartle back from Scotland, and Jodie was a really good leader. Um, and then we just started picking up into the season. We we added the likes of uh, Mary McAteer come from Aston Villa, and, and Mary's been absolutely superb. And then we sort of went into to the Christmas period where we again picked up some some newer players. But as far as those. You know, Ebony's, Marys. Obviously, I brought in players I'd worked with before, like Merrick Wheel and Meg Alexander. Yeah. Um, done really well. Evie Gain come along, and you know, did well at the start of the season. Had to had to end up going back to Portsmouth. <clears throat> but yeah, we were we were just really trying to. I, I had to work with loads of new players. It, it wasn't a chance of bringing in many that um, I'd worked with before because they were they were already signed elsewhere. So um, that was exciting to work with new players, though. But yeah, it was, it was it it was tough because we also, as well as getting those players in, it was trying to get certain positions in. So when we mm. started the season, we literally had like one forward. We were a player, and that was Misha Dudley-Jones, who's really a winger. And we ended up playing Misha up front. And it wasn't until we got hold of Mary and Ellie Butler, it actually gave us a bit more pace and, and options to do something a little bit different. And I've kind of said this season, we probably had four iterations of the team throughout the year because of the the changes in personnel and and, and sometimes a loss of personnel.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned to, uh, working with players that you hadn't worked with before, which is, you say, different, which is kind of when you see a manager go to a new team, there's a familiarity that you're going to go and get players that you've worked with before because you just know what they'll deliver. But to do that, you have to create a special bond with players. So what? how did you kind of... Work on team spirit, and what did you do differently because there are new players that you hadn't worked with before?
1: Um I think I, I brought in a few different things I've done at different sides. Obviously, this is now my my fourth team within the the top two tiers of the of the game. So I, I've I've worked with quite a few different groups. So yeah, we, we we do we do some social things and opportunities to try to get the group together. But because we weren't full time. We, lo- we lost a lot of that opportunity to be social and to create that team bond. I think a lot of it probably happens when you're full-time, when you're eating. You know, those, you know, eating, sitting down, eating with someone in between your sessions or having breakfast mm-hmm. before you start training. Um, and those sort of dead times in and around training sessions where we're, we were very much come to training, gym, go home. Um, and some of the players, obviously, well, a lot, most of them still work or go to university. So even though we were still in the day, um, yeah, we, we lost the, we lost that time. So trying to trying to find opportunities to be, get together outside, we do lots of things in the change room prior. We do things at um, uh, the end of the week training uh, where we do things that we get uh, the team in a circle and they, they pick their player of the the game from the last game and things like that. So we ha- we uh, and I, these are things I picked up from lots of different times away and try to use them to, to help that team bond. But ultimately, I think it comes down to the players have really got to want to to, to link with each other. And mm. we're getting a newer culture of players who are, who are a bit more comfortable to turn up, play their football and go away. Mm. So that's been a bit, a bit of a challenge as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, w- it would be. I mean, just generally the way things have appeared from the outside as someone who's watching football like myself Um we wanted to know how how Coventry's story would would kind of unfold and end in the season. And I was there fortunate, I have to say, I was very fortunate to be there and watch the game where Molly Green scores, which has got to be one of the goals of, you know, women's championship football history, you know, just to be fortunate to see it live is is something. And I, I know I've been interested in others to see how it's unfolded this season. And unfortunately, it hasn't. It hasn't worked out for you guys. Um, you know, with that said, you know, I mean, how have, there's a couple of things that I want to ask in relation to that. How have you and the backroom staff coped with the way that the season's panned out? Because your team has put in plenty of effort, but you haven't always got the result that you've, you've wanted. So how have you coped with it? Because I know you talked about a lot, of you work with the, the players, but about yourself, what have you done and your staff done?
1: Yeah, it's been tough, you know, it it really has been. The scrutiny is obviously there, you know, when you're not winning games of football and people will pipe up on social media and do things and they don't see the hours and the the work that everyone goes into and and understand some of the things that go into the games. And there's been so many games where it's literally hinged on an injury or a a refereeing decision, why we haven't got the result. You know, away at Sunderland, which was a huge game for us, we actually scored at 1-0, but the ball hit the bar, bounce behind the line, but then spun the wrong way and come back out again. And it's like, you know, so the, the, we, we very much felt that that way this season. But I think the staff have worked really hard to to continue to work with the group as it's evolved. Because obviously yeah. in January, we had an influx of players. And we, we worked really hard and myself and Jack to probably, you know, have the transfer window of a lifetime because we really did do well. But unfortunately, we never ever got all of them players out at the same time because the injuries just kept coming one by one to two key players. You know, right now I'm sat with four forwards, three of them. So yeah,
0: no, no, no. I'm still. You're still there. You're still there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um. So that that that's been that's been tough. But I think. Um, you know, we've used six goalkeepers this year. The goalkeeper mm-hmm. situation has been crazy. My goalkeeper coach has, has, you know, he's been brilliant because he's had to adapt and deal and, you know, pull on resources to, to, to help things out. And we get to a point where we sign Kiara Keaton from Man City and it looks like our season's going to change for the better. And she breaks her finger in the last minute, you know, conceding a goal against Charlton. And it's yeah. like... Just when you think something's going for you, it just hasn't. And I think that's probably how we felt: is just when we get somewhere, the rug was maybe pulled under from under our feet a bit. And um, but yeah, the, the the staff overall have been have been excellent, and and they really have. And there's some really good people in the in the background, and that that will be key to pushing us back. But yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say it hasn't been tough. Losing games of football is never nice. You know, you work all week and you turn up and you play. And you, you know, you pick a team and th- that's never nice anyway, you know, leaving players out and all the stuff that goes in management. And coming away on a Sunday, having lost a game, whether it's close or or not close, it's it has the same feeling. It's it, it's just, it, it can be demoralising. And there's been times, you know, it's been tough on everyone. And each individual staff member's probably had their moments where they felt really down. But ultimately, I, I love doing what I do. I love this job and so do the staff so we're really uh, excited about actually what we can do going beyond this you know
0: Mm. yeah and you know what? it's actually you kind of linked on back to the next question i've got really it's about what what can coventry do as a club going forward you know know?
1: i I think it's making sure that this season isn't wasted that this season is an investment on and off the pitch to lay those foundations about what we want to be who we want to be, making sure that we can try to keep as many of the players as possible. You know, that's really key um, because I don't just want to have to create a whole new squad again through, you know, the summer. That's I've done that far too many times. It's, you know, it doesn't help you. You want to build on what we've done this year because there has been lots of good stuff. And we believe that that will come to the forefront uh, next year. But ultimately, we have to... And the, the owner and myself, we've sat down, we're in a good place as far as understanding that, you know, this is part of a, a long term plan. And the club's been swimming, keeping its neck above water for a, for a few, quite a few years. You know, um, someone said to me, you know, they've been at a club that they, they never felt established in the championship, even though they've been there for, for, for a little while now because of COVID and, and you know, all the, the different fights and the relegations and the, the things that have gone on. Mm. So we've just got to hope that it's maybe one of those stories where you take a step backwards to go forwards again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's really in of You know, you, you've already kind of hinted about looking, looking ahead to next season, keeping hold of some key players or keeping hold as many of the players that you can. And then, and building on that to to come back to the championship Um I mean, I've watched Coventry quite a few times and there's always been a couple of players that have really stood out to me. And I've just been like, kind of... And, and I'm going to mention a name. You probably hate me for mentioning this player's name. You'll think, oh, don't do that with me, please. Um, but Katie Morris has always been a player that I've... When I've watched Coventry, I've always been impressed. Yeah. Always been impressed by her And I'm like thinking, such a good player.
1: Yeah, so so Katie has... a. Uh, uh real high energy great attitude great work rate reminds me of kante from the men's game it's yes. probably the sort of closest type of sort of player i can i can uh, liken her to A very yes. much out of possession player um great attitude loves her football um and yeah katie was katie's been been excellent this year you know she's affectionately known as as gogs because of her she wears the goggles yeah uh, but she was also someone i actually wanted to sign when I was uh, at London Bees because I yeah. played against her and, and I really liked her. And then I yeah. found out that one of my players at the time, Nick Gibson, had played with her, I think, up in Scotland or at university. So, you know, she was someone who's was always, always already on my radar. But yeah, Katie's been excellent this season. Um, you know, and again, there was a period where she was out side for a while with injury and that, that sort of hampered us. But yeah, she, yeah. she she's great.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going to be bold and ask the question. Will you be able to keep hold of, of her?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Katie's um, commentary through and through. You know, look, at the end of the day, if somebody comes to any of our players and yeah. offers a full-time wage back in the Championship, then I'll be the first one to pack their bags and, you know, go and enjoy yourself. You know, yeah. like, I understand. And I've had that with loads. I, I, I love seeing the players I've worked with in the past, you know, playing in the WSL, playing in the, the Championship. Seeing Leanne Rogue the other day, 100 for Liverpool, for example. that's great. And, you know, I want players to go on, Um, but I think it's becoming harder and harder for these players that get relegated to stay in the championship. Yeah. Um, And I think players have to understand that maybe these sides don't fish in that pool anymore. Whereas before it was probably a bit of a a merry-go-round. I think nowadays they're looking, you know, abroad, they're looking in WSL, they're looking to academies more. And, um, the, yeah so these players may have to earn their way back in um but yeah i mean I, i'm hopeful as i say we, we know there's be one or two i think that caught the attention of other people mm. but um and there will be one or two that we may decide not to not to keep for different reasons or or they may yeah. look to play more football elsewhere but we want to keep the bulk of the group together and katie'd be really important to that
0: Uh, yeah, you're back. We had a little bit of a, a, a internet issue there for a minute, but I, I, I got the end of that. You want to keep the bulk of the group together, so yeah,
1: keep the bulk of the group together, and Katie's Katie's really important for that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm I, do you know what? It's really nice to hear that. Actually, oh, is Lee gone? Is he gone? But, um, issue. You're back.
1: I, I'm back. It's my my head of medicals just rung me so. I him why.
0: Yeah, to, listen, yeah. You listen, know, if you got to take an emergency call, no, I no, totally right. get right. it. No, no, it's no.
1: Fine. it will be updating me. Morgan Cross got injured at the weekend. Typical. Oh, okay. All the hamstrings. So I'm sure he's letting me know how the uh, scan to go for that.
0: Okay, that's fine. No, so as long as it's. I just thought to myself, oh gosh, I've lost you. Um, no. You know, it, oh, just just you, you mentioned about the opportunity for players. That they may have to go elsewhere to get their football abroad, etc. Um, in terms of investment, this isn't just about an issue for Coventry. This is a, an issue in terms of of the championship, the investment. There's been a lot of talk about you know Barclays sponsoring um, women's football, you know the WSL, and there'd be a trickle down effect. I've got to, I've got to be honest in terms of my question. Have you noticed the trickle down?
1: Um. I think a little bit as far as the the grants that the F.A. are supporting us. Yeah, I I I'd probably say that. I think this has been the best year for for that support. My worry and question is there is nothing now next year. So someone's going to get relegated every season. There's no parachute payment, yeah. and we've got we've got people that are as a club. You have to put people in job roles, um, yeah. not just footballing, but off the pitch for your marketing and. All them roles, but you know, it's it's a lot to ask the club to pick up that contingency plan, especially if you are not attached to a multi-million pound Premier League club. So um I think the contingency for for that needs to be looked at because WSL to championship relegation, you get you still get your, your grant, which is kind of like a parachute payment. But for us, we're gonna have a massive hole of funding. Um, that that the owners gonna to have to pick up, and as I say, we we're not connected to a Premier League club that can plug that hole quickly.
0: Yeah, I know. I know that in terms of the club, I've been watching Twitter. Some individuals have have lost their job, not on the on the field, but you know, like media. You know, I think some of it. So that's the dip, that's the difficult side in terms of the financial aspects of the club. The club is having to, I, I, I suppose make an assessment as to who they can let go in terms of how they fund the football on the pitch? Is that is that an accurate assessment from me?
1: Um, in some way, and I think that happened along men's, women's, all, all sport as well. You know, when teams come up and go down, obviously the pyramid we have in, in football uh, promotes that, that there's going to be chops and changes across lots of clubs. We've maybe just done ours a little bit earlier because of the... Of the sometimes because of the situation but also as well those uh, roles were outside of football so there was clear KPIs and things that they had to had to hit and things so as I say it wasn't on the football side so from from my point of view you know it's it's never good to see people lose roles or or be made redundant but you know that's that's, normally in this situation it's me normally it's the head coach that goes you know and I'm under no illusion but when I come to the club, um, I had a good, honest conversation with the, the owner saying that if we get to this situation, you know, did he feel that I'll be the person to bring him back? So I signed a three year deal here. He said yes. And he's been superb as far as as that goes. Um, I'm under no illusion that next season, if it's a, you know, if we're not up there fighting for where we want to be and getting back into the league, then, you know, things happen to, to head coaches. But yeah. sport is and people losing their jobs. It's. It's tough, but it happens in everyday work life. My 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 dad is literally finding out about redundancies at, at his work now. He's probably not going to be too fussed about it because he's a bit older, but, you know, there's people in his... So it happens everywhere, unfortunately. Um, it just feels, obviously, when you don't perform on the pitch, that maybe you let these let these people down. Um, but they're good people. I'm sure they're good, good roles again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, so you've got a three-year deal, which is good because I, I was a bit worried when I kind of reached out to you, thinking he's not going to want to talk. The news about the club is already filtered out; everyone knows. I mean, this is the bit of this season where people are kind of like, if you're not challenging or you're close to relegation, you're not. You're in. Your immediate thoughts are now but because you were already aware of what your situation is as you as a manager and and the club, have you begun to plan about what you need to do for next season? Or is that something that you're kind of pushed off for a couple of weeks? You need to need a break to recharge and then you, and then you look at it.
1: No, I mean, we were planning all year about what next season looked like as far as that. If we'd managed to stay up, we were going back to a full-time model Uh, and things like that as well so those plans were being put in place all year that was all set in place we then obviously started to have a the the what if if we didn't if we didn't get out of it what did that look like as well so plans have been put into place you know we've we want to use this time wisely as much as we can as far as you know we've got a couple of weeks we still got to play games but we missed so much time last year you know we were playing catch up that if we've got three extra weeks of knowing that we're going to be in in Tier Three next year, let's use it wisely. So that planning has already gone into place. Conversations with players, budgets, all that talk with the owner, everything of that is already in full swing. And um, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to to ticking this season off, um, going away for a couple of days, letting my hair down, and then really getting back into it. But uh, yeah, it's already started for next season you know agents and staff and players are already sort of talking as you as you do anyway um but yeah so I think for me knowing that I was in the role going into next season trying to keep hold of the staff trying to keep hold of the players is is now is now key obviously the only thing we've got up in the air is we don't know if we're going to be a north or south because that's going to probably come down to the uh, to the title decider so I'm not I'm not going to lie I'm probably rooting a little bit more for uh, for Watford and Oxford um <laughs>
0: I was just oh, thinking yeah,
1: that
0: south, yeah. <laughs> you said, oh, North or the South. And I'm like thinking you don't want the North.
1: <laughs> no, not, not not ideally. I mean, there's obviously quite a few clubs very close to us, in, you know, in your West Broms and your Wolves. So, you know, travel-wise, not too bad there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think the major reason we really say that is actually because we know the South a little bit more as well. Because Sean mm. worked in there last year with London Bees. I probably know more players in around the South. Um, so for us, giving us a, a, a better opportunity to to understand what we're going into, um, yeah, it'll it, be interesting either way. I'm I've never worked in the national league, so I'm I'm excited for it. You know, like there is a part of me that is excited to be at the top of the league again, hopefully. You know, and fighting at the the other end of the of the of the league. You know, we're not going into it um, arrogantly and thinking that we can uh, because I don't even know what team I've got yet. But, yeah. you know, there's always an excitement for everyone and that would be the same for every team. They all believe that they're going to go into it with a chance to, to fight at the right end of the table for once.
0: Yeah, well, I've got to be honest. I don't know anything about the National League, Lee, and because of you, I'm now going to have to know something about the National League <laughs> <laughs> because oh, I'm, thinking, yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> I want to, I actually want to know because I, there's, 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 there's been a long kind of standing conversation I've had with with other fans about the Championship Basically, being expanded as it should. I think the WSL should be more than twelve teams. I think the championship should be more than twelve teams, and I think if you've got more teams, one you you bring more eyes to the to the game, and there's more interest, and there's more intrigue, and there's more you know to just just basically more enthusiasm for the game, and I, it's so. Again, I'm not a manager in any, in any way, shape, or form. But when you have a league that's only 12 teams, it's got to be disappointing to actually see if you don't win three games, you're in the bottom half and you just think, oh. whereas yeah. if you've got 18 teams, it's not that bad.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I remember when we were at Yeovil, um, we were kind of looking at the, the WSL table. And I'm sure some teams do this now. as like three leagues because when you there played you the Chelsea Man City, it was like, it's just bonus points, you know, and you have to worry about your own league. And when it's that small, it literally comes down to, you know, if you look at our league now, if, if, if we've beaten Sunderland twice, rather than losing to Sunderland twice, look at how much that would have flipped the table. And that's only mm. two results against one team. Mm. So, yeah, it, it could be expanded. There's some really good size. You're, you're not in the forest. You burn these Derbys, Wolves in the north and, you know, P- Portsmouth and Ipswich, Oxford, Watford in the You know, there's eight teams. Let alone everybody else that's coming into it. Let alone clubs that are slowly starting to to push their ways up. You know your Leeds of the world and AFC you know, Bournemouths and, and the teams that are um, potentially getting backed by their men's side that can come up through it quite quickly. So there's lots of good players and there's lots of good good coaches and clubs in the, in in the national league. And yeah, I think I think it's time for expansion. But um, we've been probably saying that for. Oh, well, ever since I've been in the women's game, and yeah. you know, it's um, as long as they get rid of that stupid playoff, <laughs> and oh gosh, playoff, as long as that's gone next year, I'll be at least I'll be a little bit happier because again, you're gonna have someone that wins their league this year and doesn't go up, you know, and that's gonna that's that that happened the walls last year. That I mean, that's soul destroying, yeah.
0: I mean, that 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 in itself is almost. And I've got to be no, I've, I've actually I don't have to be careful. I've said it before in another conversation. It's like they're tying their own hands behind their back and jumping off the cliff. It makes no sense.
1: No, no, not not at all. You know, you had two very good sides in Wolves and Swampson last season that won their league, and they both deserved to come up. The players deserved yeah. it. The staff deserved it, and and the league would have only been better for it. I'm sure.
0: The the league. Look, I mean, it, it, if they're worried about increasing the league, and this is almost like a rant from me it might be too much but to promote two teams in one in one go is not a bad thing because you you then get to see what 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 it looks like when it's growing i i i mean i just don't know i'm 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 fingers crossed that you're in the south coventry because <laughs> i can get to a game <laughs> yeah. i'm being i'm being selfish i don't care oh
1: yeah um, I'm, yeah i'm I'm the, I'm the same because i think newcastle or durham sesbury are going to come up as well so oh, yeah. that's an even even bigger um bigger travel
0: yeah yeah well i was going to ask you've got a couple of games left before we kind of tail off you've got a couple of games left you've got some really tough games actually um yeah you've yeah got well, southampton away
1: uh southampton at home
0: southampton, southampton at home and then you've got london city like lionesses away yeah um
1: yeah so the southampton one's been interesting you know they've, they've done well this year obviously jumping up and obviously i you know, it's my neck of the woods, so you know when we lost earlier in the season at St Mary's, to them wasn't particularly nice. Um, but yeah, you know they've had a good season, and that will be a tough game because they've they've been really hard to beat. But and in the, in the injuries we've got, unfortunately, have just stacked up on us. You know, Morgan again the weekend will be out for the for the season, so yeah, that that's that's not ideal. But it's about trying to to dig in and be as hard to beat as we can do. We were like that against Lewis. We were like that against Birmingham. This weekend, it was four very poor goals. You know, individual mistakes probably showed the, the signs of a team that had just been relegated and were probably hurting. But there were certainly parts of the game that were quite good. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, the, the four goals are were, were really... You can set up as, as much as you want to. You can coach and, and, and work with teams, but you can't account for individual errors, unfortunately. And, and they all seem to creep in in one game. So... We've we've got to make sure that that doesn't happen against Southampton, and certainly not against London City. I thought when we played them earlier in the season, they're probably the best team we've played so far. Um, They were really good when we played them. But maybe with their slip up the weekend, the last game of the season maybe won't matter. Because I was a little bit worried we were going to have to go to them the last game of the season. It could have even been goal difference or something like that. And didn't really want to play a, a rampant London City on the last day.
0: Yeah. Um I, I actually I I think you're right. I think um in terms of their slip this weekend it's made it slightly easier for you and more difficult for them in terms of what they want to achieve. But you never you, you never can tell. You never can tell. Um Lee, I'm I'm gonna say thank you actually for um giving me the time because I know that a lot of managers or head coaches would have been like, I can't be asked. Cause it's difficult when your team gets relegated, you don't want to talk to anyone. And and it's it's not no,
1: yeah yeah I, I think so I think it's also trying to tell the story without, without yeah I, I don't ever want to come on and be like woe is us you know we had injuries referees blah 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 and sit there and say you know all this it's just actually telling the story of what it is and and understanding that we're going to try to use it positively for next season
0: yeah I mean and that's what I mean that's what's been brilliant that you said that you want to use it you know positively and. Hopefully, you're going to keep the players that you want. And, you know, Katie Boris is, you know, Coventry through and through. She'll stay. And I, I actually, you know, I'm not trying to put a, a In fact, I won't say it because you'll probably think, don't say that, Rodney, because I don't know who what players I've got. But, yeah, I, I'm hoping that Coventry uh, return to the championship very, very quickly.
1: You and me both, mate. I appreciate it.
0: Very, very, very quickly. Uh, Lee, what are you going to do now?
1: Um, I'm going to go and plan the week's training. Okay. <laughs> oh, I've, got to, I've got to return the call to my head of medical first, haven't
0: I? Yeah. Oh well, I hope that's all right then.
1: All good. Thank all right, you very
0: Brilliant. Much. All right. Thanks a lot, Lee. Uh, this is on and off the pitch pod chat with Lee Birch. Thanks for listening.